Welcome to the 20th episode of Heavier Than I Look, a podcast dedicated to healing, recovery, and storytelling. My name is Kira Rousseau, and I'm your host. If you feel that listening may aggravate your suffering or complicate your recovery, please take this notice as a trigger warning. Discuss with your support system as necessary, and as always, take what you need and leave what you don't. Today's episode is in remembrance of the Native peoples whose land I live on and benefit from. At home, the Peoria people, and at school, the Moonsee Lenape. We will be discussing in depth how storytelling can be a language of healing, and this practice originates from Native American culture, where oral tradition is valued especially. If you would like to learn which Native land you live on, please visit native-land.ca. Native-land.ca. I say it every week in both the intro and outro to each episode. HTIL is a space of healing, recovery, and storytelling. There's a reason why these words appear together. In my world, healing and recovery can't be detached from our understanding of storytelling. My own healing, after struggling with an eating disorder and body dysmorphia, gained another deeper layer when creating this podcast. I was desperate to be seen, heard, and understood. I wanted to prioritize and elevate Kira's voice, not the voice of the eating disorder which had lived in my head for so many years. I built myself a platform to be heard from, even if the only one hearing my words are myself. These words, which crafted my story, reinforce my resilience and encourage me to keep taking necessary steps forward. My story, or at least this part of it, inspired people, close and far. I was affirmed that it mattered and that my voice was valued for carrying my story. Little did I know, I would then come to meet many others who held similar stories in their hearts and who also desperately wanted to heal. The stories of others added meaning to my own. By hearing parts of their story, I came to hold a cherished piece of them. And I'm so incredibly honored to be privileged in that way. We are trained in stories. They come to create the content of our daily lives. A story's ability to organize thought helps us to make sense of the world a world in which our trauma might exist. Storytelling demands a participating audience, a storyteller, and a story listener. There is little barrier between the two. The story listener activates their imagination to create the image of the story in their head. Quote, The completed story happens in the mind of the listener, a unique and personalized individual. The listener becomes, therefore, a co-creator of the story as experienced, end quote. Storytelling, then, is also a mode of collective healing. It requires at least two participants and is unbounded by the confines of space and time. It is an immersive experience, one in which multiple senses are activated. It also can take many forms, visual or auditory or both, to affect a third sense, feeling. Storytelling spurs a connection between multiple people while elevating our skills of listening and empathizing. 
We not only exist as a support system and audience for the storyteller, but we come to experience her plight as our own. There is a bond created, and a web of community is formed. If done right, this community will uplift the voice of the storyteller and the language of the story, empowering it to live and evolve as time does. If we have a safe community to share with, we feel comfortable with emotional vulnerability and avoid paralyzing shame or judgment, despite a culture in which we are now, quote, trained to cut ourselves off from the truth of what we're feeling, end quote. When we are validated and heard by others, loved ones, and our strangers, healing is imminent. We no longer carry the heavy burden of silence and sadness, and we extend the beauty of ourselves to others. Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, a psychiatrist famous for his research and experience in the treatment of trauma, writes, quote, Our capacity to destroy one another is matched by our capacity to heal one another. End quote. A metaphor that I like to use is that of a broken or shattered piece of glass. When we try to pick up and arrange the broken pieces of ourselves, we are cut, wounded as the glass pierces our flesh. Yet when we are supported by the protected hands of another, the process is much gentler. That extra hand diminishes the pressure that you have when picking up your broken glass pieces. The challenge then comes to be how to not pierce yourself when supporting another. Which is why storytelling generally requires intentional distance. No one understands this more so than Ellen W. Kaplan, an actress, director, and playwright who now teaches acting and directing at Smith College. In 2005, Kaplan published an essay entitled Going the Distance, Trauma, Social Rupture, and the Work of Repair. She writes, quote, The distance is at the core of the actor's process as well. She explores emotion through the protective guise of the fiction. The character I play is not me, which frees me to use my own associations, memories, needs, and desires to create what is then both me and not me. The oscillation between the self and character is the fruitful contradiction at the heart of acting. The mediation and distillation that take place in performance allow the actor room for exploration, choice, and artistic control. End quote. Storytelling is often synonymous with certain art forms, such as theater and film. This predates even the notion of storytelling in ancient Greek theater. Early Greek drama performed death, suffering, and extreme pain. They found a stage to process grief and anguish, sharing with others the reality of humanity. Both film and theater, then and now, are mediums serving self-expression, where story is at the center. Theater, based on personal narrative, quote, emerges from a belief that individual trauma and social rupture intersect, that retelling stories from divergent perspectives is restorative and healing, and that theater offers a singular opening for constructive intervention to relieve personal and communal distress, end quote. In a way, self-expression through art can be viewed as recovery. You are unburdening yourself from the weight of isolated trauma and reclaiming your story to present to others. It also may alter self-perception. 
When you see yourself as a character within a narrative instead of reliving the trauma you experienced, this distance can bring clarity and less self-blame. One's willingness to explore their most personal selves and their deepest wounds in front of others may calibrate a sense of autonomy and empowerment. They valorize what must not be forgotten in their lives, but reclaim the traumatic experience to serve them going forward. Quote, Survivors in acting out their stories have indicated that repeating stories in public has given them agency, reversing the self-perception of victimhood. Through speaking and performing, people become agents in their own healing. End quote. Storytelling often cultivates empathy in both the storyteller and the story listener. Quote, the act of telling empathetic others gives the speaker enough distance to feel empathy for her traumatized self. When the victim or her proxy speaks her experience of trauma to others in public, she bears witness and to some extent unburdens herself from the worst of its damage. End quote. With the distance of storytelling, you are able to face reality in a less excruciating way. Hearing stories also releases hormones such as oxytocin and cortisol that help with an empathetic social interaction. Actors know this firsthand when they discover a parallel story within themselves to serve the story outside of themselves. Again, empathy is paramount and ingrained in the practice of storytelling. Storytelling, perhaps most applicable given the content of this podcast, fights against silence. Shakespeare wrote, quote, Give sorrow words. The grief that does not speak knits up the overwrought heart and bids it break. End quote. In my experience, telling the story of my suffering is freeing and almost transcendent. The stories that I share and the stories that I receive are gifts. They are life-giving. This podcast aims to give a voice to every story, uplifting the silenced and unheard narratives. Quote, Discovering yourself in language is always an epiphany, even if finding the words to describe your inner reality can be an agonizing process. Finding words where words were absent before and as a result being able to share your deepest pain and deepest feeling with another human being. This is one of the most profound experiences we can have, and such resonance in which hitherto unspoken words can be discovered, uttered, and received is fundamental to healing the isolation of trauma, especially if other people in our lives have ignored or silenced us. Communicating fully is the opposite of being traumatized. End quote. An important disclaimer. Storytelling is not the only language of healing. Quote, Helping victims of trauma find the words to describe what has happened to them is profoundly meaningful, but usually it is not enough. The act of telling the story doesn't necessarily alter the automatic physical and hormonal responses of bodies that remain hypervigilant, prepared to be assaulted or violated at any time. End quote. Storytelling thus does not cure nor solve completely, but it is a unique component that might be used in addition to traditional counseling and therapy. It is supplementary and is most often used in CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy.
CBT practices storytelling as a means to healing. Dr. Koch writes, quote, To speak the unspeakable, to say it in words of one's choosing, and to say those words again and again is a way to master the trauma, giving memories the kind of meaning that enables them to be integrated into the rest of life. End quote. If storytelling is to heal, protective boundaries must be in place. Timing is everything. There is a difference between reenactment and actual healing storytelling, and this difference is with regard to time. If it is too soon or too raw or too heavy, storytelling may present a burden for a certain individual. The goal is for low-impact disclosure. Trauma radically changes people, and sometimes stories aren't able to capture this change. They are only a partial truth, a momentary glimpse, a part of the whole. Trauma as memory is a challenging topic of study, as the language sensor of the brain is far removed from the center of experiencing oneself. Trauma memories are fundamentally different. They are disassociated. The sensory stimulation is not coded for and stored properly. The memory of the trauma often doesn't present itself as a three-act perfect story structure. It is assembled and remembered in isolated fragments, certain sounds, visuals, and intense feelings. Quote, All trauma is pre-verbal. It is enormously difficult to organize one's traumatic experience into a coherent account a narrative with a beginning, a middle, and an end, end quote. Traumatic memories then can sometimes be unreliable and incoherent. Most notably, reliving the reality of the trauma can be triggering. The memory of stories also changes tremendously during and after trauma. The way our brains work means that as soon as a story is told, and especially if it is retold, it changes. Quote, the act of telling itself changes the tale. The mind cannot help but make meaning out of what it knows, and the meaning we make of our lives changes how and what we remember. End quote. This, in my opinion, does not change the validity and the integrity of the story or experience. It is just a reflection of our evolving and mutable minds. We must meet our brains where they are, even if that means the story changes. Storytelling originates from the cultural and oral traditions of Native Americans in this country. Stories, as an indigenous healing modality, are seen as medicine. Often stories are used to teach morality, tradition, and community. Quote, Oral stories weaved common sense understandings and teachings with the great mysteries of the universe, and did so in a way that fascinated and engaged the listener, end quote. They transcend time as a reflection of the past and a guide to the future, ultimately giving new generations a sense of belonging in the history of their peoples and lands. A Native American proverb says, quote, Tell me the facts and I'll learn. Tell me the truth and I'll believe. But tell me a story and it will live in my heart forever. End quote. 
I believe that we can learn a lot from this indigenous trauma-informed care model and must integrate some of these practices into our present-day understanding of healing trauma. Quote, Working with trauma is as much about remembering how we survived as it is about what is broken. End quote. If you would like to learn more about what sources I used in the discussion of the language of healing as storytelling, my citations will be placed in the show notes. Next week, HTAL will discuss how an eating disorder may complicate a woman's fertility. Tune in on Friday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. All new episodes of HTAL will be uploaded to Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts by 11.59 p.m. each Sunday night if you miss the live broadcast. Feel free to return to old episodes by visiting these sites. If you would like to listen to my own story of anorexia, binge eating, and body dysmorphia, you can listen on any of these platforms. Please consider sharing the podcast with family, friends, or those who you feel could specifically benefit. If you or someone you love might be struggling with an eating disorder, know that you have my full support in recovery and consider seeking treatment. If you feel treatment may be inaccessible to you, please consider seeking support through Project HEAL, which is the largest nonprofit in the United States delivering prevention, treatment financing, and recovery support for those struggling with eating disorders. Disordered eating has ruled my life for nearly six years, and I didn't think anything would ever be able to come in between that. Treatment did, and treatment does. If you are in a crisis situation, please contact NEDA's helpline by texting NEDA to 741741. HTIL has its very own Instagram and Twitter accounts, so if you would like to suggest your own episode topic or interact with the, prod- with the podcast further, please feel free to follow on Instagram at Heavier Than I Look and Twitter at HTIL Podcast. If you are interested in sharing your own story as a feature on the show, please direct message me on Instagram or Twitter. Don't be afraid to reach out. I would love to hear from you. My podcast, Heavier Than I Look, aims to empower survivors, educate listeners, and foster conversations surrounding eating disorders and body dysmorphia. Eating disorders demand silence, yet this podcast is an attempt to de-isolate and destigmatize a survivor's experience by giving a voice to each story. We must abandon a quantitative numerical definition of identity and reclaim our self-definition to exist beyond the numbers that rule our lives. In this way, HTIL is a space of healing, recovery, and storytelling. Let us no longer wonder how little space we can comprise, but instead wonder how to make that space one filled with love and sympathy. Goodbye for now.